Hello, welcome to the E5 Fitness Podcast. Just me again. I think I don't know what's happened, Jonah. Falling off a wagon. Um, which kind of fits in with today because we're talking about slim and well, and we're myth busting some slim and well stuff because it's fun to do. And no matter how many times I do this, there will still be people who disagree with me. So I'm going to precursor this with the fact that I've literally just seen someone call it fat class, that they've gone back to flat class. So one, if you call it fat class, it means that you're, you're, you think you deserve to be there because you're fat, all right? You're not fat, you have fat, yes, but your weight, your body shape is the least interesting thing about you. Remember that. But if you call it fat class and then continue to go, it's just a negative connotation for you to be like, actually, yes, I'm fat. So therefore I have to go to fat class. And next time I'm fat, if I lose weight, I will have to go back to fat class. And it's the only way they're ever not going to have body fat. And it's not the, it's just not the way things work. It's not the way things work. And everything's just all about demonizing. Um, you just think about, Slimming world. It's called slimming world. Like, why do you want? Why do people want to be slim? Why is strong not seen as sort of the norm? Like, oh yeah, oh I went to slimming world. I got real slim. Great, brilliant. But why don't you go to the gym and get real strong instead? Because if you have more muscle, then you're going to burn more calories at rest, so you don't have to really worry about how much you're eating because you're going to be growing muscle as well. So you're going to look more athletic. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so we're going to go through some myths. So this is based on everything that I see. Um, I've done some research as well. Obviously, I was on Slim Well for three months. I have you know, averaged 72 sins a day. Every day for three months. Uh, actually quite impressive, really. Um, and then did a photo shoot at the end of it. Um. Anyway, so we're going to start with the weigh-ins. We're going to start with the fact that they weigh in every week. And there's quite a few parts to this one. So, I'm going to, again, I'm going to precursor this with, if you've got no way to know if you should or shouldn't be losing weight, then you step on a scale once a week after, a, like, after eating in a new way to you, you still don't understand how you're meant to be losing weight. You don't know if what you're doing is losing weight. And then you'll step on a scale and it's a complete uh, guessing game. It's a complete surprise to you if you have or have not lost weight. What usually happens is like people go to Slimming World. They'll um, change everything about their diet and their life, um, apart from exercise for some reason. And in the first week, they'll lose six pounds and they'll be amazed by it. Like the way posts all over socials, they'll be telling all the friends about it. It's the most amazing thing they've ever done in their life. I get to eat this and I get to cook my chicken in diet coke. Yeah. Woo. And then the second week is they'll lose a pound and then they'll be disappointed with that. When a week ago, if I said to you, Oh, you're gonna lose a pound, but you're gonna lose a pound uh, every week or every other week for the next six months, and you're gonna lose two, three, four stone in that time. Like you'd be like, actually, yeah, that's pretty good that like that's but because you weighed you lost six pounds of pure water probably in the first week 
it makes the second week where that's an actual like a decent amount to lose in a week. And the ironic thing is that that first week, those, that's those six pounds of probably water. And the second week, that pound is probably going to be like monthly body fat if you're in a calorie deficit. But you don't know that because it's a guessing game, because you're measuring it in sins and healthy A's and B's and other random shit. And you've got no idea if you're in a calorie deficit or not. But if you knew you were in a calorie deficit, you'd probably attribute that pound to body fat because you've lost the initial water in the first week. And then what happens is, because they go to group, they'll have loads of people around them be like, oh yeah, you've got, you need to have a reset. You need to have a takeaway this weekend and some alcohol and just give your body a reset. You need to rest because you're not losing weight because blah, 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 blah. And all these people around them at a group are telling them why they've not lost weight. Instead of encouraging them, it's like, oh, they're basically just making excuses for them. So when you go to group, all you're doing is basically surrounding yourselves with people who are enabling you to not make progress when you think they're going to make you accountable, when it ha the opposite happens. Um, and eight weeks later, or eight weeks in, because you lose six pounds and the f then a pound, then you might lose two and then one. And then as soon as that plateau hits, that initial plateau, because there is always a plateau, no matter what you do, the whole group will keep making reasons that you're not losing weight. And at some point, the reasons will stop coming. And that's when you also stop going. And how anybody can hear the words, you need a reset and a takeaway to help you lose weight and not think, well, that seems counterintuitive. That's what baffles me. Like people aren't that stupid. They are, but I'd like to think they're not. I know some stupid people. And you think about the average stupidity of people, especially in in um, in America. Fucking hell, Americans are stupid. But you think that 50% of people are going to be stupider than the average in America? Like, that's stupid. If you think about the same in, the, in England, mm, it's easy to see why people can be hoodwinked into stuff like this. And especially if you're not in that area. Like, obviously, I'm, I, I don't want to call myself an expert. I really should, but I am. Probably not, but yeah, whatever. So I'm an expert in this field, so like to me it seems stupid. But then again, I'll go to something and people are like, well, fucking hell, you're an idiot when it comes to this idea. I was like, yeah, but fair enough. So I don't, I'm not having to go at anybody for going to slim or anything. It's just stop. Then there's a lot of parts of the way in. Um, so the second one is if you if you weigh yourself every week and you maintain over the week, but in that week, all you've done is eat shit. You know your diet's not been great. You know you've not eaten your veg, your fruit, your water's been shit. Um, you've, you've not been opting for good, healthy options. Your free foods haven't been great. You've gone over your sins every day. You've been on holiday, you've had alcohol, whatever. All the things that you're not meant to do. And then you weigh in and, it's the, and you maintain. It's like, ah, well, you'll be happy about that because you've maintained. You've not, not gained any weight, even though you're dreading it because you've no, you've not been great, but you've maintained. So then you've done everything, been, been all right. Like all those negative feelings towards you having more food and having foods that aren't the healthiest, uh, low fiber, low protein, et cetera. You're now being like, all right, well, 
but I didn't gain any weight. So you almost ignore the fact that you've overeaten. You almost ignore the fact that your diet's been fucking shit because you've got that excuse of, well, my weight hasn't gone up. But if you're only measuring the weight, you don't know if it has gone up or not during the days between. And you don't know if last week you weighed at the lowest point of the week and this week you've at the highest point and there's those two correlate or they're exactly the same because you're not taking the average. Whereas if you take three data points a week, you've got a little bit more of an average. You've got a little bit more of an idea of what's going on as you are doing it. And you almost excuse the fact that you've been eating shit because it's like, oh, right, well, you know, like, well, that's fine. You ignore it. So you do it again. And then this time your weight goes up and it's like, ah, yeah, shit. And then you quit because things go wrong. There's no accountability when you go. You're just full of enablers. And you almost see the scales as the be-all and end-all. So that dictates if you've had a good or a bad week, not if you have or have not had a good or bad week. If you're eating shit and your weight stays the same, oh, yeah, it's been all right, that, yeah. Well, at least I didn't gain. Yeah, brilliant, great. Whereas if you had a shit week and if you if you had a really good week and then gained, you'd be like, oh, fucking hell, like what's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you almost excuse because of the skills, because you're not measuring anything else. Oh, your clothes fit better. Yeah, but I didn't, didn't lose any weight. All right. Yeah, you're looking great. Oh, your strength has gone up. Yeah, but I didn't lost any weight. All right. Okay. Brilliant. So the last thing when it comes to the weigh-ins. <laughs> um, I guarantee I'm going to get text off the back of this. If right, if you know, full well know that you're standing in this queue, ready to get weighed in front of everybody and shamed about how much you may know or may have lost, but you have to go to the toilet, you have to get rid of as much clothing as you can decently. And you have to make sure that you've got a pre-weighing routine before you weigh in to make your scale weight as low as possible. You must realize that that is not normal. You must realize that getting rid of your clothes just so you weigh less on the scales is nothing to do with your body. Surely that must go through your head. It's like, oh, I've just had a really big poo. So, you know, we're hoping for a loss today. It's like, yeah, but that's poo. It's not body fat. You can't like if I look at if I look at someone, I cannot tell if they need a poo or not. It's in your intestines. You cannot see that. Makes no sense to me. Grr. I knew I knew this podcast made me really angry. Okay, so number two, myth busting, slimming world, sins. So Sins, when it first came out, had no name other than Sins. And then when people started demonizing it, demonizing foods because it's high in Sins. No, it's high in Sins. That food's bad. That's when they sort of changed syn sin to Synergy. And Synergy is... Um, oh, I can't remember. So there was a Facebook post I did when I, when I actually went... To, I was basically just asking random questions to try and trigger people um, in the Slim World group. And... Sin stands for synergy, and synergy is a representation of a um, high-risk food, apparently. 
So high risk food is anything that is high in fat. Um, so I went back to them and said, all right, well, I can have an avocado, which is really high in monounsaturated fatty acids, which are really good for you, lowest cholesterol. And so is that a bad food or a good food or is that a high risk food? And they came back with, well, my cholesterol is fine. So I've still don't know. And then, yeah, yeah, so... I don't think it stands for synergy. I think they made that one up. It does stand for synergy, but I think Slim World made that. So because you're sinning things, that is a negative connotation to food. You're going to start demonizing food. You're going to see foods as good or bad. And that dichotomous mindset, I said the word right this time, dichotomous, is black or white, all or nothing. It is perfection or nothing. It is, you don't do it unless you can do it 100%. And that is where people feel. You need to be aiming for 70 to 90 percent in that area on a day-to-day basis. Not every day is going to be 100 percent and 100 percent is going to look different on every single day. But it is fucking ridiculous. On top of that, say if you get 15 sins, why the fuck are you complaining if someone's got 20? Why the fuck are you complaining if someone's got 25? The reason Slim World give more sins out is because they're bigger than you. They weigh more than you. They've got more fat to lose in the eyes of Slimming World. So why the fuck do you want more sins? It would only be a representation of your weight being higher. It's counterintuitive. Again, so much of it within Slimming World, it's baffling. Then, and my biggest issue when it comes to sins, why why have you got sins, healthy ears, healthy bees, and free food? So you've got to track things in four different ways. Well, three technically, because you should have to track free foods. I mean, you should be aware of how much free food you're having because like a kilo of pasta versus 100 grams of pasta are two different things, but it's still free in the eyes of the world, so it's irrelevant. But using sins to track things, and then you've got healthy A's and healthy B's. So uh, bread, for example, can be free in the morning when you've had your first slice, and then it has to be sinned in the, sec- in, uh, the second time you have it in that day. So you can't actually have a full sandwich without sinning half of it. It's fucking ridiculous. So why is why isn't everything just in one measure? Why isn't everything just sinned? Why isn't everything just, you know, like, well, bread's got 120 calories per slice or whatever it might have. So that's got five sins in it. And then an avocado has got 160 calories per half an avocado. So that's seven sins. Why is it a case of, well, avocado is 14 sins for an avocado and bread is free unless you have a second slice and then it's like three or whatever it is. Imagine if we had like this, like a standard measure, we could measure every food in. Like, so if if it's higher in calories or higher in energy, made, like imagine we could track it all under the same like measurement, the same unit, like calories hmm hmm and then you have people who are on slimming world say oh yeah like tracking calories is like a massive ball ache and it's well but you're tracking is it because you can't count higher than 15 if you go over 15 sins like oh my god like you can't track it after that if you go most people go 15 sins or 20 sins however many sins they've got in that day They'll go over that and then they'll just stop tracking because it's like, oh, I can't track it now. I know I've gone over my sins, so it's bad, so it's negative, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
you track calories, at least you know where you're at. You can go over your sins and still under eat. I proved that. I had 72 sins every single, well, as an average for three months and lost body fat because I was under eating. Fucking stupid. So you're tracking things in three different ways when you have the capacity and in an easier measure, I might add, to track things in calories. Calories. If you don't know what they are, look them up. Download my fitness pal. Works better than the Slim World app and it's cheaper. I might add, and you get just as many recipes in there. You can be friends with people, you can talk to people. It's basically some Slim World ripped off my fitness pal. You heard it here first. That is not that is definitely not the case if it means I'm gonna get sued. But here we are. Number three, free foods. If you give people who have poor relationship with the food and or are hungry, they will overeat, regardless of what food you give them. I know because I've been there. Free foods are lower calorie, higher in protein, higher in fiber, fruit, veg. Yes, I understand that. Unless you mash them, then then they're not, obviously, because why wouldn't they be? But you can still overeat on them. So you can have unlimited free food. So I genuinely ask this. If I had 3,000 calories in potato every day, would I still lose weight? And someone said yes. I genuinely was baffled. I even asked on the, when I was on the Slim World app, I even asked the into the into the forums to the groups if I have like obviously potato is a free food, but if I have like a kilo and a half a day, is it still free? Is there a limit on the freeness on the weight that you have it? Yep, still free, but you shouldn't be having a kilo and a half potato a day. When I compete, when I train like for photo shoots and, comp and competitions and stuff. Like I love potatoes. So I will literally have a kilo and a half a day because I'll have three meals a day that have 500 gram portions of potato. That's how it works. That's what I do. But they're telling me I shouldn't. Hmm. Interesting. It's not free. It's still got calorie value that you don't measure because you're measuring sins in everything else. So you're focusing everything on the sin value of it. And all people will do is try to get around that sin value. And you will see that because every Instagram fucking page with Slim and World will be like, oh, look at my sin-free Slim and World recipe. And it's using fucking quark, atlitter, xanthan gum. It's like, oh, yeah, I made my own Haribo strawberries, Haribo, Haribo sweets. And it's like, yeah, but they taste like fucking garbage. And I can have just as many as I can Haribo. But you've made them out of Greek yogurt. Stupid. Just getting angrier and angrier through this. Number four. Restriction. And this is, this is, the, this is the key thing when it comes to Slim World. Because this is the reason that it doesn't work. All right. All the other things in, that I've spoke about are attribute to that but like it can still work in terms of making people lose weight and this one is the reason it doesn't work restriction 
instead of learning to eat the foods that you love, you completely restrict them because you associate those foods with highest in values and therefore they're bad. So that's dichotomous mindset coming in back in. No matter how much you crave them, you pat yourself on the back because you didn't submit to it. Until the fourth time where you did. Because that's how cravings work. Yeah. Your body knows that you're going to get a dopamine response from eating it. And your body loves dopamine. So if you crave pizza, there's only so many times you can talk about it, feel feel that sensation of wanting and craving pizza. Smell it, see it, visualize it before you'll give into it. And you'll justify it. You'll be like, oh, I'll give it a phew. I've given in, but I could have given in last week. You justify it. And instead of teaching you how to keep these foods in your diet, work on leaning into feeling full, leaning into enjoying your food, eating slower, eating with less distraction, all of these things that can help you make yourself understand what fullness feels like rather than just going with the craving and that massive dopamine release that you're aiming for and having a 12-inch meat feast pizza with stuffed crust with some cookies and some wedges on the side. Nobody should ever get wedges from Domino's, just an FYI. That's why I started doing chips. But if you restrict all the foods that you love, you will lose weight. Of course you will. Because you'll understand, you must understand that if you're reducing the amount of pizza you eat on a day-to-day basis, you're going to reduce the amount of calories. Simple, really. But then you'll lose a stone. Restrict your pizzas, your pastas, whatever foods that you see as uh, or you crave on a day-to-day basis. Then you'll be like, oh, yeah, well, I've stone. So I'll start eating those things again. And then six months later, you're back at Slimming World trying to lose that stone that you lost earlier in the year because you haven't been able to lose it doing the things that you need to do to lose it. Like you're not setting yourself up for life. It's such a short-term mentality. And you'll crave them regardless if you're dieting or not. That's how your body works. It works. It sees the cue. It releases the craving. You do the action, then you get the reward. After a while... That reward comes from the craving. That's why you'd be like, oh, yeah, I really want a pizza. Then you order a pizza, and then it's disappointing because your body's already released the dopamine from it. It doesn't, it doesn't understand that you're having it for the joy of it. It's already given you the dopamine because you've ordered it. It's the same thing as if you make your own sandwich. It doesn't taste as good as some... if as if someone else made the sandwich because your body gets dull to the sense of the dopamine release whilst you're making it. And it's the same here. If you restrict it, no matter how many times you you don't give in, you don't give in four, 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 five, six times. Once you do give in, you'll reason in your head that you didn't give in the four times previous. Still fucking ruined it, haven't you? Because you've not learned how to deal with those foods being in your diet on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. Whereas if you did that and understood calories invested, calorie out, 
um, understood hunger signals and fullness signals and understand how we can manipulate that to work in your benefit, then you'd never have to go back and lose that stone again. But Slim World works, right? Hmm. I don't think it does. Anyway, before I get angrier, what happens when it comes to that with that restriction is you end up missing out on special occasions. You end up missing out on the stuff that you actually want to go to, but you're scared that you're going to overeat. And you almost have this life-altering restriction that builds up and builds up, builds up and manifests itself in, a, in something like overeating or binging later on. And I'm, I don't use the, the term binge lightly. I, I do think that Slim World can and has contributed to disordered in the past. And I don't think many of us go through life without experiencing some level of disorder eating. Not always from Slim World, don't get me wrong, but from things we do in the past. Like I experienced it when I competed. I still still have residual feelings of disordered eating. And I still have to deal with them and lean into certain areas within my food. Right. But when it comes to Slim World, the fact that it's called Fat Club by so many of its members is like the first red flag. A lot of the members, if you look at their Instagram pages, will be from fat to thin, fat to fit, chubby, so-and-so, so-and-so, slim lost fitness journey. There's so many negative connotations and what what happens is Slim World is, in their head, they see it as an escape. When it's not an escape, it's almost like a prison because it's their way of, it's their way of trying to say that they're doing something. They're clearly unhappy, right, with how they look, how they feel. And they see Slim World as an outlook for them because they're surrounded by people who feel the same. So they're not going to leave that because they it's almost like the fear of missing out. If they left and did something else, they'd always think that they're missing out on something that Slim World is doing that it's like, oh well, Slim World definitely works. I've seen my mate lose weight on it. So I'm not going to go away from Slim World because at some point I'm going to get that. I'm going to finally understand what that is. Whereas if they came away from Slim World, they'd probably lose weight just by not being on Slim World. Because they won't have all the negative connotations that come with it. But is what it is. You've got to remember that Slim World's a business, not a health company. Like Herbalife being a multi um multi-level marketing platform. Like that's what it is. It is just about making money. And if you Google how many companies Slim World sued because of uh Slim Zone as the sued, sued Aldi. They got sued by Porky Lights. Yeah, there's loads. So to conclude, Slim World sucks. If you do feel like you're um, stuck in that mindset, that dichotomous mindset of all or nothing, then please do reach out. Um, I've built a sort of a Slim World survival pack. So how to wean yourself off Slim World mentality. Um, so if you do want a copy, 
please don't hesitate to reach out um, and I'll pass you over it for free. There's no no charge for any of this. Um, there's only six of you that listen, so it's irrelevant really, isn't it? I can do what I want. Nobody's going to sue me because Slim while I'm going to bother. So have a great weekend. Enjoy your week and I will speak to you on the next one. I'll try and convince John that to come. It's going to be out. See you soon.